So, of course, the coaching carousel. College with the departure of Nick Saban retiring yesterday. And the NFL, a slew of coaching changes. Bill Belichick today, Pete Carroll yesterday, Mike Vrabel a couple of days ago. Uh, not to mention the more expected ones like Atlanta with Arthur Smith and, of course, in our backyard, the Washington Commanders with Ron Rivera. There are a lot of changes going on in the world of football and the idea of how to build a culture Somebody familiar with that from his time in the NFL, a Hall of Fame offensive lineman, now an analyst for Westwood One, a voice you will be hearing as we have all the NFL wildcard weekend games, super wildcard weekend games, this coming weekend on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and across our Virginia Talk Radio Network platforms. From Westwood One himself, Tony Baselli, grateful for his time today here in the fast lane. Tony as you look at the coaching changes in college football, and especially the NFL, heck, over the last week, how much does it come to light that the game has changed culturally and more difficult to gauge that now more than ever? Well, I mean, I think, you know, in the NFL, you know, you usually, it feels like about 20, there's about 20% turnover every year. You know, you get, you know, six, you know, anywhere from five to seven coaches that are going to get fired and moved on. And I think it's just, you know, it's the nature of the business and, and the, you know, the, the demand and the high expectations that fan bases and owners have, you know, of trying to find a way the right, uh, to find a way to win games and to find the right guy to, you know, set up long-term success. And so, you know, this year's probably a little bit more unique from the standpoint of you have – you know, all-time greats, you know, arguably the greatest ever, Bill Belichick, you know, Robert Kraft and Bill decided to part ways, and I don't think Bill's done coaching, but, you know, that he, what he did in New England is historical. And so that's obviously big. And Pete Carroll is another guy that had a ton of success both in college and in the pros, and, you know, he he was let go and he's moving on. So you look at some – I think it's, it's probably highlighted more – this year because of the names and then not even, we didn't get the Nick Saban in the college game and what he's done. So, but I think this is the, this is what happens in professional sports and in college football as well. I mean, which is semi-pro in my opinion, um, you see turnover because the, the, like I said, people expect results. They expect to win. And when that does not happen, changes are going to be made. Tony, you mentioned the the fact of turnover in the coaching profession. Are we going by the wayside? The model of a Pete Carroll in Seattle, a Bill Belichick in New England, a Nick Saban in Alabama, where college or pro, you're more likely to get these coaches where it kind of mirrors the you know lifespan of a CEO of a Fortune 500 company where at best you're getting 10 years out of them. Yeah, well, I mean, if you win, you're going to be there. If you don't, you're not. I mean, and I think some organizations culturally have a longer uh, there's a there's a longer you know kind of burn rate as far as the opportunity to work through things. I mean, look at someone like the Pittsburgh Steelers who you know stuck by Mike Tomlin. Now he also wins, um, but even when you know maybe he's not meeting the expectations of winning playoff games or you know working towards championship games and everything else, they you know historically you look back from Chuck Noll to Bill Cowher to Mike Tomlin. They've had three coaches over, you know, what, 30-plus years, 40 years, 50 years. I mean, so that's the anomaly. But I think at the end of the day, organizations look at these coaches as employees and as leaders and keep uh, uh, key components of what they're trying to do. And if they have success, they'll be there. 
if they don't and they have a couple years, people are going to move on and they're going to go to the next, look at the next opportunity and try to find someone to fill that void. Tony Baselli, Westwood One analyst with us here in the fast lane and looking at how things have changed in the NFL. And of course, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is part of the whole Westwood One coverage that we will have the entire Super Wildcard weekend on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Tony, uh, looking ahead to this weekend, uh, obviously there are a number of different storylines, but starting with the first game and not only that game. First-time quarterbacks, whether it's C.J. Stroud with the Texans, Jordan Love with the Packers, those are two that come to mind. Playoff newbies at quarterback. You've been in a huddle before. How much can you sense a veteran's presence versus a rookie's presence as the stakes ramp up, particularly in that offensive huddle? Well, I mean, I think by this time, I mean, a guy like C.J. Stroud, yeah, he's a rookie, but he's played 17 games. Um, He's played at Ohio State in big games. So... I don't know him, but my expectation is that he'll be just fine in the huddle. I think it's not just the young guys. I think it's everybody in the huddle when you go into the playoffs. You know, there's a different intensity. There's, you know, it's win or go home. It, so there's like, the, everything is amped up. Everything's a touch faster. There's a, it's more intense. It's more physical. And so I think it's not just the young quarterbacks. And obviously the, the focus will be on them. Guys like Jordan Love making his first playoff start. We talked about C.J. Stroud. But it's everything is magnified, and I think that's why you have this intensity that, that ramps up in the playoffs, and, and uh, it'll be really interesting. I mean, I think every guy, you know, first time experiencing that, you know, it takes a little bit of getting that, get your feet kind of underneath you and stabilized, and, and then after that it's just a football game. So I, I expect, I don't think, it, if C.J. Stroud does not play well, which I expect him to play well, it won't be because it's too much for him. I think he's proven he can handle uh, most situations. He did it all year. They wanted, I mean, you could argue he already played in one playoff game because it was win or go home against the Indianapolis Colts, and he played outstanding. And so he'll be able to lean back on that. Um, you know, Jordan Love's similar. They had to win to get in. And so, like, there's, they have a little bit of, you know, not true playoff experience, but they, they had a sense of what that means when everything's on the line and they both performed well. Tony Baselli will be on the call for the Pittsburgh-Buffalo game uh, this coming Sunday. We're carrying the entire NFL playoffs from Westwood One on the Virginia Talk Radio Network and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app starting Saturday at 4 p.m. for Cleveland at Houston. Tony, uh, you mentioned those challenges for quarterbacks. Uh, Where would you find the greater challenge then for a rookie quarterback? Is it the fact that it's their first playoff game, is it the fact that it's a road playoff game for, one, Jordan Love and Green Bay, or is it more the flow of the game where maybe the Cleveland-Houston game is more of a defense-based game? We've seen what Cleveland has been this year uh, with Jim Schwartz and Miles Garrett leading that defense compared to maybe the pressure on a Jordan Love and Green Bay because a lot of folks expect that game in Dallas Sunday afternoon to be a shootout. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, all those are factors. I mean, I think each one of those. You go on the road in the playoffs, it's hard. You know you're going to play in a hostile environment. The fans are going to be going crazy. And, you know, if you're Jordan Love, you're going to Dallas. They've been great at home this year. They've dominated at home. Um, but there's also a little bit of a freedom if you're Green Bay and Jordan Love. No one expects you to win. And so you go in there and you just let it go. And, you know, let's see what happens. So I think each of those scenarios you laid out, you know, provide a different challenge but also a different opportunity. Um, for the, these teams, uh, I think Houston, you know, is going to face one of the best defenses. You know, it's going to be tight. You know, everything, 
you know, probably not a lot of points that are going to be put up. And so you got to be precise, but you also have to be patient and understand it's okay to punt. It's okay if we go three and out. It's okay if, we, you know, it doesn't go perfect. And so you have to enter these games and understand that it's going to be a, it's 60 minutes. It's a long game. Let's not panic if it doesn't go early the right way for us. Just keep on playing and try to, you know, let's not beat ourselves, limit mistakes, and uh, and try to get this thing into the fourth quarter and have an opportunity to win it. You use the phrase not panic, and, uh, you know, there are two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year where at junctures their fans at least have been panicking. Miami and Kansas City, that's the Saturday night game from Westwood One on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and then Monday night, Philadelphia at Tampa Bay, a 7.30 airtime for that on our platforms here. Tony, um, out of those two teams... Are you expecting one of them, none of them, or both of them to be able to channel a form similar to last year, which has often eluded them this year? Well, I think they're different teams. I mean, from last year, I mean, you look at Kansas City, they do not have the offensive weapons that they've had in the past. This is a different Kansas City team. They have a very good defense. Steve Spagnuolo has done a great job. You have one of the best defensive defensive linemen in, in football. In Chris Jones, you have a good secondary. So I think, and Andy Reid knows this, and he's a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach. You have to kind of, you can't try to be something you're not. Like, like we've thought about Kansas City for so long as this high-powered, you know, high-flying offense. They are, they have to play a different game and trust their defense. And I think, um, I, I still believe in them. I'm not saying they're the favorite by any means to get to the Super Bowl, but they have the best quarterback in football. They have one of the best coaches to ever coach on the sidelines in the Andy Reid. Um, and so I think they will be – I think you'll see a much lower scoring, probably closer games, but I think they have the ability to grind out and find ways to win. I think Philly's a different story because what I just talked – Kansas City has been – has understood, this, understood their formula all year because they knew what their personnel situation was as far as um, in the skill players. Philly's it's interesting because they started off, you know, having the best record in the NFL. They were the one, number one seed for so much of the, of the year in the NFC, and things have kind of fallen apart. And I think things are getting exposed because even when they were had the best record, they were winning games, close games. You could see some flaws, and they are going into the playoffs on a down note. I mean, really playing poorly the second half of the year. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle the playoffs because I think they're still trying to figure out who are they. Like, we're not what we were last year. Our defense is struggling. You know, they've made a change. You know, who's uh, who? The coordinator is midseason with Patricia. That hasn't worked. You got you got Jalen Hurts is beat up, not having the year he did the year before, and so I think I think there's some. I don't want to say a lack of confidence, but I think there's a lot of questions and wondering. Can we get it together? Can we pull it together and figure out to find that magic that we had in the beginning of the season coming off a great year last year? So I think that Tampa Eagles game, uh, the Buccaneer Eagles game, is, Eagles game is really interesting. And it wouldn't surprise me at all that if Tampa you know, rose up and, and, uh, and took advantage of it and won that game. That game is a 7.30 airtime this Sunday, Philadelphia, excuse me, this Monday, 
7.30 airtime, Philadelphia at Tampa. Saturday, it's a 4 o'clock start for Cleveland and Houston. And, of course, Sunday, 12.30 p.m. airtime for Pittsburgh at Buffalo, getting our triple header of NFL action Sunday underway on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. And somebody who will be at that Pittsburgh-Buffalo game is Tony Baselli, who's going to be on the call. Tony, have you had to relearn the term polar vortex, which has been in and out of the forecast for this weekend's Pittsburgh-Buffalo game? Yeah, I'm not looking. I'm, I'm, I live in Florida, so I'm not looking forward to the polar vortex. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound uh, very appealing to me. Um, but Buffalo, January playoff weather is going to be a factor. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the of the game of football. It's played outdoors in a lot of cases, and and the weather and home field and the element, all that comes into play. In a lot of these games, and it's going to be cold in Kansas City. You got polar vortex in, <laughs> in Buffalo, possibly. And so, as a player, you know you understand. Hey, this is this is kind of the hand we're dealt. Let's go, you know, deal with it. And you got to get your your head right. And I think the most important thing, in from a player's perspective, you can't let the weather and the elements become too big in your own mind. Because if you start worrying about that, and you it, and start, you know, thinking about, oh, gosh, what the weather's going to be, cold, wind, rain, or snow, you know, all these things, it gets you off focus. And I think you've got to have the mindset is like, all right, I'm preparing to go play football. The weather is what it is. Let me get the right gear, right shoes, whatever I need to do, and then just put it in the background and say, I'm going to play football, and I will deal with it as it comes at me, and whatever happens, happens as far as the weather. Um because otherwise your focus is on all the wrong things. And then it will impact your play, and it will impact the game um, of how you approach it, and that's a problem. So it is, my approach always was it, it is what it is. And, I, you know, I'm not going to change the weather, so why worry about it? Let me go get focused on what I can't, you know, what I can control, and that's me, and being prepped and ready and mentally right and physically right to go play the best game I possibly can. What advantage do both these teams realistically have, which may treat us to a great game Sunday at 1230 with the airtime for the game you're calling, Tony, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, but what advantage do the Pittsburgh Steelers and Buffalo Bills each have given that they've had their own levels of adversity this year, and yet two coaches, William and Mary grads, we might throw that in there for our Virginia audience, but two coaches that have guided Pittsburgh and Buffalo through the adversity to where, once again, those franchises are back in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I think, listen, they've both done a good job. They've been up and down seasons and a lot of, you know, at times, like not even thinking about either of these teams are going to make the playoffs to, you know, Buffalo getting hot and arguably maybe the best, one of the best teams in the AFC, maybe the best team in the AFC right now, the way they're playing. they got a great quarterback. You know, they're going to be playing at home. They're used to the weather. Um, they're coming in on a high note, playing, finishing the season really strong. Um, and so they got that going for them. And, but you look at Pittsburgh, they make the move to Mason Rudolph, uh, Rudolph and they start winning games. Now they're going to be without their best player, T.J. Watt. Um, that should impact the game. But the one thing with the weather, when it, it can be really, really ugly, what that does is I, I think it's almost, I don't want to say advantage Pittsburgh because Buffalo you know, is, can play, you know, that's where their home is, and they obviously know how to play in it. But I think it just tightens everything up a little bit it takes away maybe the bigger plays um, and makes it a more of a grinded out kind of ugly game. And I think with Najee Harris and the, the way they've been running the ball lately, that might, 
you know, help them keep this closer. Because I think if you played this game, no weather, you know, impact, you know, clean turf, everything like that, no wind, I think Buffalo is the better team. And I think Buffalo would have, you know, probably win this game, not easily, but would, you know, would take advantage of that and, and with how Josh Allen and that offense is playing right now. But the weather, I think, tightens it up a little bit. Um, and I think if I'm Pittsburgh, it's like, hey, let's make this an ugly, grinded-out game and, and get this thing in the fourth quarter, see if we can get a turnover here or there and, and win this thing. Tony Baselli is the Twitter handle, BaselliFoundation.com, by the way, to learn more about what they're doing for education in the uh, in the Jacksonville area and uh, throughout the country with Tony Baselli and his family and what they've committed to with that. Uh, as we're chatting with Tony, Westwood One analyst uh, who's on the call for our NFL games this weekend, one of them, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, but we're carrying them all across the Virginia Talk Radio Network. Uh, a couple more questions left, and we appreciate your time. Rams-Lions is the nightcap on Sunday. Is that the most fun game of the weekend? It's one of the, it has one of the best storylines, to tell you that much. You know, Matthew Stafford going back to the team that drafted him um, to try to knock them out of the playoffs, in a, you know, with the first home playoff game at Ford Field. A lot of drama, a lot of interest there. Um, and uh, I think it's a fun game. I think it's going to be really interesting. A lot of, you know, subplots to it. Um, I give Sean McVay a ton of credit because I think a lot of people – Thought this was a rebuild year for the Rams. Um, they did a great job in the draft. They got a bunch of young players. Stafford's been playing outstanding. They rebuilt that offensive line, and they got into the playoffs. Um, and it's a heck of a job. I loved, you know, and they go up into Detroit, where obviously, you know, where Stafford was drafted, uh, playing a really good Detroit team. And I think Dan Campbell, and what he has done, has been outstanding. And the culture he's built, the foundation of how they play football, they're tough-minded. Um, they have a really good offensive line. They want to run the ball, play action pass. I, I really like how Dan's built that team. Um, and kudos to him and that entire staff, what they've done. So it's going to be a fabulous game. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of emotions, obviously, in that building, first playoff game. Fans are going to be going crazy. They obviously respect and love uh, Stafford, you know, for what he had done for them, but he's going to be enemy number one. And so that's one I look forward to um, watching as much as I can because I'm going to be on a plane after the Buffalo game, so I'm going to miss some of it. But I think the fans are in for a treat uh, on Sunday night. Former Jacksonville Jaguars All-Pro left tackle and pro football Hall of Famer, the first in franchise history for Jacksonville, is Tony Baselli, who is with us here in the fast lane. Tony, we'll wrap it up on this. Do you see a Ravens-Niners Super Bowl featuring the two teams off the bye, which was what happened last year and has happened before? Or uh, do you have your eye on a team or two, maybe one from the AFC and one from the NFC, from Wild Card Weekend where you go, that's a party crasher? Um, I think, listen, the two best teams – are the Ravens and the 49ers. So I think it's easy to say, you know, they're going to, you know, let's just go chalk and they'll be in the Super Bowl and it'll be a great Super Bowl. And both are outstanding football teams. But I get, I just get the feeling, and I don't have one team that I think could, you know, make a run and do something special, you know, out of the wild card or one of the uh, lower-seeded division winners. Um, but this NFL season has been crazy. I think there's so much parity. I think it's one of those years where I think you look at the – all the teams in, you know, anyone can get hot. It's like that every year. But this is a year where I'd be I'd be surprised, even though I think those are the two best teams, that if it just went one seed, one seed in the Super Bowl. I just think we're in for a wild ride the next three or four weeks. 
and there's going to be some big upsets and some great games. And uh, I have no feel for who's going to end up in Las Vegas. Um, I just think it's going to be really entertaining and a really competitive playoffs um, because I think teams are so closely matched this year. The parity is outstanding, and that's what that's what the NFL wants, and I think that's what makes the NFL great because, you know, you never know. Indeed, and it'll make it fun starting Saturday, 4 o'clock airtime, Sunday, 12.30 airtime, Monday, 7.30 p.m. airtime as we carry Super Wildcard Weekend on the Virginia Talk Radio Network and Tony Baselli. He'll be on the call for that Pittsburgh-Buffalo game, Pittsburgh-Buffalo, this coming Sunday. Tony, thank you for your time today in the fast lane. Uh, we'll let you get back to packing up all the necessary things to try to stay yeah. as warm as possible with the polar vortex in Buffalo. I can't wait. Tony Baselli with us here in the Fast Lane. Great stuff from him, and uh, again, I really appreciate his time and yours. Fast Lane Ed Lane. If you missed anything or wherever you listen to podcasts, Fast Lane Ed Lane and Trey Lyle VT. We're back Friday afternoon, 5 to 6 p.m., looking ahead to the upcoming weekend and, of course, looking forward to what lies ahead. In the meantime, have a great evening, and yes, we look forward to talking more tomorrow in the Fast Lane.